In our Future of Cloud survey, Deloitte discovered two approaches to innovation. Those who look at the new technologies and changes swirling around them and wonder what's possible, and those who use cloud to engineer their possible. Generating new revenue, advancing processes, and sparking cultures of innovation. Learn more about what separates these cloud innovators. Download Closing the Cloud Strategy, Technology, and Innovation Gap at Deloitte.com slash US slash cloud survey. This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll make it. I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Happy Monday. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Jake Bachoven with That's you today. Right. What's up, Bach? Oh, not too much. Uh, just enjoying, getting counting down to football, of course. Yeah, I know. Well, so no Rico this entire week. He is on vacation, a much-deserved and much-needed vacation. This week, we might as well just tell him now, Bach. Okay. This week, we're just combining the happy hour and water cooler. <laughs> That's right. Because Nathan decided to go to Phoenix the same week that Rico decided to take a vacation. Staycation, is it? Yeah, he's staying at home. Oh, nice. A yeah, staycation. so he's just relaxing. I know Rico's listening. So, Rico, if you're uh, hanging out, let's do it. Uh, 402-464-5685, the Honda Vican Hotline, and the Starter Hammond Text Line. Both those open for you guys the entire show today. Um, you can always tune in on the video stream as well, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Or hit us up on our personal Twitter, Twitters, almost said Tweeters, personal <laughs> Twitters, Nick underscore Sainer and at Jake Bachoven. Um, so once again, no Rico, no Nathan this week. So it's going to be me and Bach from two to four every single day. Is that less bickering or more bickering, do you think? I don't know. It, it depends. <laughs> I, I think I have, since the last time we did a show, I have probably started to trend towards the Nathan side of things mm -hmm. rather than the box side of things. <laughs> well, I get painted so, as the bad guy. You do. No, I don't. You, you just get, because <laughs> Nate, as opposed to Nate's outlandish <laughs> optimism, true. then that's yeah, true. yeah, I'm the bad guy. But That's true. Well, and I, I'm right there with you, man, where I, I think there's some of, some of Nathan's takes are outlandish, and I'm not about them, um, <laughs> but I am more towards the – I, I would say this. I am leaning more towards nine wins than I am six wins. Okay. If I, See, there we go. So we're <laughs> so okay. we're, we're going to have conversations. Once again, 402-464-5685, <laughs> Honda Lincoln Hotline, Starter Hammond Text Line. Um, happy Monday. We are going to be joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska here at 2.30. He was at the press conference today. We heard from Eric Shenander, Travis Fisher, a couple players, um, all that good stuff. So we will – Fill you guys in on what our reaction was. We'll talk to Steve here in about 20 minutes or so, what his thoughts were. Uh, scrimmage happened on Saturday, so we got to hear a little bit about how that went. But first, Vershawn and I kind of talked about it at the end of that show there, but I want to pick it up with, with Bach here. If you guys had not heard the news, it was released last night about 10.30 p.m. or so that Oklahoma wide receivers coach and associate head coach, Cale Gundy, who had been there 
for over 20 years, was resigning, and he posted his resignation on uh, on Twitter last night. And he said this, I owe it to Sooner Nation. This is, I mean, it's a very long statement, but I'll, I'll just read a snippet here. Last week during a film session, I instructed my players to take notes. I noticed a player was distracted and picked up his iPad and read aloud the words that were written on his screen. The words displayed had nothing to do with football. Um, one particular word that I should never under any circumstance have uttered was displayed on that screen. In the moment, I did not even realize what I was reading, and as soon as I did, I was horrified. I want to be very clear, the words I read aloud from that screen were not my words. What I said was not malicious, it wasn't even intentional. Still, I am mature enough to know that the word I said was shameful and hurtful, no matter my intentions, blah, blah, blah. So, Kale Gundy, Oklahoma associate head coach, has resigned after 20-plus years. Now, does this mean a lot? I, I don't know. What's your First of all, Bach. This is where I stand on it. I told this to VJ, and I want to get your guys' thoughts as well. 402-464-5685. It was like, if this was a pattern, I understand the resignation. If this thing has happened, this this instance, and, and people just haven't heard about it, right? If it's happened before, I, I, I understand a resignation at this moment. But I sit here, and now I don't want to speculate what the word is. That's not what we're going to do here. But I sit here and I go, it seems a little harsh or it seems bold to force a guy to resign if it was truly an accident and it truly happened the way it sounds like it happened in the statement. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really tough. I mean, I, 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 I tend to agree. I, I don't think that this is a, such a severe thing that maybe, I mean, if you if you step outside and or, or, or if you really want to, to punish him, I mean, I could see a... Game suspension or whatever. You always see players over the exactly. summer getting in trouble. You give them a game suspension. Um, it, it, but it, it, it's it is it is tough. It's a tough uh, line to go down because if you know if it was racial, um, it, because it's hard to think of any other word. Like exactly. what's another yeah. word? You're right. Right. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to speculate, but I think that's what a lot of people are kind of landing on. And then just because of the way that he he said it in the statement was like important to, to to note around like this was not derogatory there's nothing yeah and that and, and and so if you go down that and you see a lot of Oklahoma players just kind of distraught about this or former Oklahoma mm-hmm. players on Twitter because um he's a mainstay he's Mike Gundy's brother for what it's worth played it <laughs> which played is, it which Oklahoma is so wild which is so wild to think about with with Mike Gundy coaching at Oklahoma State and him coaching at Oklahoma for so long yeah uh, yeah, you'd think at, at some point they would jump unite. over to Oklahoma State, but yeah. uh, maybe that's down the line. Maybe second chance. <laughs> maybe it's going to yeah. happen now. Maybe it's going to happen um, now. I just I, I I I think that it's a harsh punishment. At the same time, if there was a, a few people offended, then you know uh, <laughs> you want to get the team together. I'm not sure. Yeah, like I, I'm. I was just like once again, and, and now we don't have details. Don't know anything going on. And maybe Brent Venables is just trying to run a super tight ship. Like that's that's a whole other thing with this. Um, I and I don't know how much of a of a of a burden this puts on this the the team, the program at Oklahoma, but it is something to watch now because they are without their associate head coach. And, and to put that in Nebraska's terms, okay, let's just transfer that over to Nebraska's terms. That's Nebraska losing Mickey Joseph. Right, exactly same yeah. s- same role, right? And, and you could argue that Mickey Joseph might play a bigger role as a as a coach here at Nebraska right now, and as his important role as a coach at Nebraska than any other coach on this staff, and possibly including the head coach. When you talk about recruiting, when you talk about 
um, the relationship with the guys and we talk about rooms that we feel good about, the wide receiver room is extremely deep and we feel pr- relatively decent about the, the potential in that room. So when you sit here and you go, all right, what's this compared to Nebraska? This is like Mickey Joseph having to resign. That, that's, that's how it is. You're an associate head coach that's been here for 20-plus years and a wide receivers coach that you feel really good about is out of the blue. Um, if it was Nebraska, it'd be two weeks before the season begins or three yeah. weeks before the season begins. Like It definitely stirs the pot a little bit and shakes a couple things up. Well, and he's, it's, it's crazy, too, because he's a holdover, not just – from the previous staff, for, from but from Bob Stoops' staff. I mean, he's the longest exactly. tenured assistant in the Big Twelve. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, this is this is kind of your mainstay. This is your stability through uh, instability, right? We're through yeah. the coaching changes over the years, um, you've known that Cal Gundy's going to be there in, in whatever role it may be. I mean, he's done run, like you said, running backs and wide receivers and whatnot, uh, kind of jump back and forth there. Um, but you know, as far as um, being fully stocked and prepared on the season, this is this is another one of those distractions, and it's probably yeah. one that it, it's just hard to read. Right? Is it, did Kel Gundy make this decision on his own? Was it kind of a forced resignation? Well, and that's what somebody says on the text line. Once again, four zero two four six four five six eight five. Want to get your calls? Get get to all your texts today. Uh, what makes you think he was forced to resign? It sounds like he resigned because he was so upset and disappointed with himself, and that's what makes this whole thing so confusing. Like you said, Bach, is because. You have it where, once again, that's where I'm feeling like if it was a, a situation where he's forced to resign, maybe, like I said, it's Brent Venables just trying to get, run a very tight and organized ship, and maybe that's not a bad thing necessarily, but also I would understand it more, I think, if there was a pattern of this yeah. type of behavior. If it happened once, and, and that's why I'm saying this is so confusing, is because he says this once again, the words displayed had nothing to do with football. One particular word that I should never under any circumstance have uttered was displayed on the screen. In the moment, I did not even realize what I was reading, and as soon as I did, I was horrified. Now, it, like reading through the statement, there is there is a lot of, of regret and, and authentic apology. Yeah, like, it, there's, there's, like it. it really feels like it. So if it's that situation where if this was the first time that it's ever happened and there's been no pattern previously and, and and he truly did not mean to do anything malicious as he says in his statement and he resigns, it, it just feels like a bold statement. Like it feels like a bold move coming from the program because I'm sure there were conversations behind the scene between Kale and Brett Venables and, and the upper arms of the athletic department of how should we handle this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe that, that was part of it, too. Maybe he just said, you know what, let me step aside. Maybe. I don't want to be a distraction. I don't want an internal investigation or anything. Um, yeah, I mean, so um, that certainly could could play into it. It's just, it's just hard to figure out. The other thing that you kind of think about here, and it's not uh, it's not known or they didn't report. I'm sure there's whispers around Norman who the player was. But, mm-hmm. I mean, how bad does he feel? I mean, wh- I don't know what he was looking at. Exactly. Like song lyrics, it sounds like. Uh, or something. I mean, he wasn't doing what they were instructed to do, which was take notes um, on the game. So not only was this player's um, w- was not doing his job in the moment, now he's got long-lasting effects just because yep. whatever he was looking at on his iPad. And, um, you know, I just I don't know how he feels. I don't know how his teammates probably feel about that if there's a lot of people on the side of Kill Gundy. Um, but it's 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 just kind of a fascinating situation where you don't have all the details. Seems seems kind of odd, um, but it is it is another little bit of instability for Oklahoma. 
again in a year where you know heading up to this game in Lincoln. I know it's a, a few weeks down the line in the regular season, but they just seem gettable. They seem unstable. They, you know, all that to say, you know, all that's true. They're still preseason top ten. I mean, it's the Oklahoma brand. It's 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 yeah, they got to be one of the favorites in the Big Twelve. Which speaking of that, I don't know if you saw this. Texas got a first place vote. A first did, place. Did vote. you see that? I did so not see that. They got from they the got, coaches' poll. Yeah, they got a first place vote, and I, I am so confused. On well, first of all, my I'll be honest. My first thought was they must not be. It must not be a concern to replace Casey Thompson. That was my first. <laughs> that was my first thought. Now I don't want to. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. But secondly, every year it feels like people buy in on Texas, and every oh, year yeah. they don't live up to the expectations. But you look at this Texas team now this year, and we're going to get to Nebraska in a second, but you look at this Texas team this year, and you got Bajan Robinson and, and uh, Xavier Worthy on the edge, or excuse me, on the perimeter for, for wide receiver. And there there's just a little talent there down in Austin, and it feels like Steve Sarkeesian might be the guy. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Do we, do we truly feel like Steve Sarkeesian can run a Power 5 program? Not me. I mean, I think he can go nine and four if that's what you want. I mean, I, I think that, that you can. I mean, that's kind of what had him ended up uh, putting up at, at Washington and then, and then right. at USC. Yeah. Um, and then he went to the, the Nick Saban uh, school of rehab or whatever yeah, exactly. as an offensive coordinator. All of a sudden, he's good enough to be hired at Texas. I never understood it. But, uh, and, and you know, they're going to do – it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, what they've done without being able to get draft yeah. picks – at Texas, everybody says it all off season long and, and for multiple off seasons now. But it's because it's so true. It's just insane. You don't, it, you know. We can argue, uh, you know, until we're blue in the face. And we did back in the day about how hard it was for Bo Pelini to win nine yeah. games here. And maybe it is a lot more difficult to win nine games than we give him credit for. And all those guys, just because they did it over the years. But I'm telling you, at Texas, you should probably win nine games. I, I, t- I told the story before when I went to an Iowa State-Texas game and just listening to the Iowa State fans around me, the mentality there was not like Nebraska where it's like, yeah, maybe we'll get them this year. This We got yeah. this guy and this guy and that guy. It's just kind of like, well, they always have the talent edge. We're just going to have to sneak up on them because that's what Texas Dang. is compared to all those other Big 12, you know, other than Oklahoma, most of those other Big 12 schools. Well, it's so interesting. So I'm looking at their their 2022 class right now. And they took 28 guys, all right, 28 guys. But just to kind of – and we all know how important it is to recruit Texas as an outside school, but also if you're an in-state school, right, um, it's it's extremely important. They took 20 of their 28 guys from the state of Texas. So if it's it's rich, I mean, talent's rich, I suppose. Um, Their their top four four recruits from the 2022 class are from Texas. Uh, A five-star – Excuse me, two five stars and two four stars, all within the top hundred of the recruiting class. So it's kind of it's kind of insane. Now they they ranked fifth in the country in recruiting. Uh, Texas did last year. Right now for the twenty twenty three class, they have they're ranked fifth overall as well in, in the entire country. Big reason because of Arch Manning, the number one overall recruit uh, from New Orleans, is heading to Texas, and then they they have two five stars right now in the fold for the twenty twenty three class. They already have twenty one commits for the 2023 class and 14 of them are from Texas. So I guess, you know, honestly, if you're an in-state school from the state of Texas, you look there and you go, as long as we can get some of the top talent from our state, we're going to be okay because we know how rich it is and we're just going to build off in-state guys. 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's 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 why the job should be considered pretty easy because you got such a talent-rich state uh, where high school football matters more than it does anywhere else in the yeah, country. Exactly. Um, you know, th- th- you sh- you should be the top brand in the state. Going over the SEC, I can't wait to see because I think Texas A&M at least kind of had that right. Like we're Texas's mm-hmm. SEC team now that Texas is jumping there. Does that hurt Texas A&M? I I wouldn't assume so right now because they're. Maybe their NIL package, according to Nick Saban. Maybe not, according yeah. to Jimbo Fisher. But they're on fire as far as recruiting goes. I'll tell you this, too, and I and I very rarely can get myself to root for Texas. Yeah. I don't want to hear Texas is No, back. you like Texas. No, I don't like I, Texas. I created a meme. You yeah, like Texas. Uh, because I respect Colt McCoy because he's uh, Arizona's <laughs> backup. Um, <laughs> September 10th, Alabama, Texas. That's you wanna, right. You want to hear Texas is back? <laughs> they beat We're, Alabama. You won't hear the end of it. So there's, I haven't looked fully into the schedule for like September games or anything like that. But I mean, like Texas, is it bad if I say that Texas is? I don't. I don't want to say fun to watch, but it, it there is a a part of uh, me that kind of is like, yeah, I'll watch a Texas game in September. Oh yeah, but it's because they probably scheduled the, the hard non conference game. Like in Alabama, though, like there's probably yeah. part of that as well, I suppose. Well, and that's just a part of you know that's that's the Texas the brand. As much as you should hate them, and I I, I really do because they ruined the Big Twelve, um, they <laughs> they ruined the Big Eight, they ruined the Nebraska Oklahoma rivalry. Um, now they're just leaving the Big Twelve in shambles. I mean, they're awful for college. I mean, they're awful for really? college football, uh, for traditional college yeah, football. Traditional. Like I like to yeah, see, yeah, exactly. But they are moving it, you know, steering it into the future. They're just that big of a brand. But when, but if you talk about watching them, yes, they're they're fascinating. It's like Notre Dame, or you know, there's only few brands that you watch and you're glued to it just because you want them to either either lose or escape by while you're cheering against them so that next week their game's more important and you can exactly. cheer against them again. Exactly. You want to talk about a big game. This is this game is September 3rd. Uh, Notre Dame at Ohio State. Oh, yeah. That's a huge game. Talk about, so, I don't know if you know this, Bach. I'm a huge Marcus Freeman guy. Oh, good. I yeah. love I like Marcus, Marcus Freeman. Freeman. And so I, I liked Marcus Freeman when he was at Cincinnati as the defensive coordinator and obviously played at Ohio State, went to Ohio State, Marcus Freeman did was defense coordinator at Cincinnati, then got a job as the defense coordinator at, at Notre Dame, then had to get then ended up getting hired as the head coach, obviously when Brian Kelly left and started dancing at LSU. So um I, I love Marcus Freeman. I love the message that he preaches. If you go onto Notre Dame's Twitter and, and see kind of the message that, that he translates to his guys and the way he runs that program, it, it's very fascinating. Um big Marcus Freeman guy. And I'm really interested to see how he gets those guys ready for a game against Ohio State at the shoe. Like yeah. I, I think there's there's going to be a lot of eyes that offense. Yeah, it's yeah. it's that offense, but it's against the Notre Dame defense. Oh yeah, and you also you also have to remember they got that transfer from Northwestern. The, oh, Brandon the, Joseph. The, yes, thank yeah. you, Brandon. Jo- I kept wanting to say Kyle Hamilton, but I knew that was not the guy. <laughs> they got um, a lot of good safeties they, they, over the years. They are, yeah. yeah, they have a lot of safeties over the years. So. I am uh, very fascinated. I- I'm looking forward to that game between Ohio State and Notre Dame. And you know, I will say this: I, I you know, Ohio State's another team. If it depends on what you do, if you root for conference or not or whatever. Ohio State's another team that's easy to root against, but it took a lot See, of. The, are they? I think for well, if traditionally, I think Nebraska and Ohio State fans have started to bond a little bit. You know, with the kind of fighting yeah. COVID or whatever, and trying to play football and all that. Um, so maybe there's there's more of a similarity and more of a like now. 
Um, I'll just say I, 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 I like Marcus Freeman as much as the next guy. Yeah. Ohio State losing in non-con kind of dimmed it a little bit for the Big Ten altogether last year. That like Michigan true. and Michigan State rose up, but it still wasn't like, you know, it's the same thing with the Alabama-Texas game. You can't, If you lose your top guy before conference play, mm-hmm. your conference is just perceived weaker. That is interesting to think about. Um, we, we do get this question on the text line. Does anyone know what the role Tyreek Johnson will be on the team? Former five-star Ohio State transfer, as we know. Haven't heard his name much from camp. And I guess that's a good segue real quick here before we get to Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska here in five minutes or so. Like, I have not heard much from Tyreek Johnson. No. And, and unfortunately, it feels like that. I mean, it might be a guy that... Um, I've seen him in some of the videos. Yeah, I mean, he's he's there. Like, he's still here. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what role he could play, I it, it sounds like guys are jumping him on the depth chart and... I would not expect Tyreek Johnson to play a, a huge role in this season. Maybe next year, right? A um, little bit more information on the defensive backs. Kane Williams, the Alabama transfer, was back at practice today, so that's good news. Um, but in terms Is of Devin Drew, there yet? No, <laughs> no. Okay. And so I, I actually got. I'm curious because I had this. I, I asked Rico last week. I said, "How concerned are we about this whole Devin Drew situation?" Right. And I think every single time we talk to either Scott Frost or a defensive coach, that question has come up. And they've said the same answer every single time, hopefully here soon. He's hopefully going to be here soon. And I I think it's just one of those things where you're waiting on him to graduate and you're you're waiting on him to make sure all the things are in order. Eric Schneider said today um, something along the lines of, you know, we hope he's here soon and we don't know how quick we're going to be able to teach him the terminology. We don't know how quick he's going to be able to make make an impact on the game. And I think another thing is uh, he doesn't know. I, I think Eric Shander said something about along the lines of all the stuff that's being processed right now is way over my head, way above my head. I don't know. I, I think it's true. I mean, I'm, I'm think he's telling the truth where he doesn't understand all the, the right. academic side of things. He just knows these are the guys I got in my room and this we're, this is who we're going to go play games with. So as of right now, Devin Drew's not here, but they're still expecting him to be here. And any and day, that's, yeah, any day, hopefully. So, <laughs> but they did um, mention too that Stefan wins a little bit behind, yeah, Nash Hutmacher because of uh, inf- unfamiliarity with kind of what they've been doing, and you know, haven't been here for a few years. Um, yeah, you gotta assume Devin Drew is going to be the same way. I know both of them, you know, game shape, all that stuff. They know how to get ready for a football season, but there is still something to getting in, you know, getting in line with your teammates and knowing the playbook and and, and knowing, you know, being familiar mm-hmm. with with what kind of moves the the different guys are going to throw at you. I'm I, I don't know when when he'll be here. Maybe he gets here tomorrow. Maybe, maybe. He gets here by the end of the week. Yeah. I'm starting to. Um, expect less of him at least early I on think in the so season. Too. I, I think so too and, and we'll ask Steve here in a moment but unnamed texter just said if the coaches knew Drew wouldn't be here by August 7th when they recruited him would they have taken him because he's only here for one year right and I, yeah. yeah that's true he's only here for one year I, I don't know the answer to that question like the staff has in the past has taken chances on guys if and now I'm not trying to say Devin Drew's an academic liability like I'm not trying to to put that out there because I truly don't know if that's what's they're what they're waiting on um like I don't I don't I don't know if he failed a class and he has to take like I, I truly don't know um but I, I will say like this staff has had a proven record of taking chances on guys that are academic liabilities or maybe a better way to put it is just off the field liabilities right um Maurice Washington's one of them Xavier Betts was was an academic liability there were, I mean there were there were other guys that they've taken chances on so would they still take him probably 
Like because they feel like the upside on the football field would be a, a high enough return yeah. to risk it this much. And he started eleven games last year for Texas Tech. That's right. Um, so one way or the other, you want him here for depth purposes. I don't care if he doesn't have a day of practice. You, they just don't have a whole lot of depth build up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it to me it's just limiting what I because I looked at him as a starter. I, when they got I, him, I did too. I, I looked. Thinking, I looked him as I, I looked at him and Nash as one A one B. Right, like as, as those are guys. Um, because obviously with the four three front, like I, I looked at it as those were the top two interior defensive line guys. Maybe it, Ty Robinson's in there as I'd well. Probably put Ty I, Robinson I, I put at the top. I put Ty Robinson yeah. above Nash probably. Right. But as from from a from an experience standpoint, I'm right there with you, Bach. I, I would have put Devin Drew right there. So I I don't know we'll see what happens we do get to watch practice on Wednesday so maybe he'll just show up on Wednesday and we'll be able to yeah. that'll be a big, big news story. point big story point but or talking point but well, for now Devin Drew's still not on campus um and, and so we'll we'll talk about that as we go along all right when we come back we'll be joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska don't go anywhere you're listening to the Happy Hour on a Monday on ninety three seven the ticket follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Guys, are you worried that you're losing your hair? Do you look in the mirror and see less hair looking back at you? Maybe you're thinking, it's cool, I'll shave it. Or I'll just wear a hat from now on. Or maybe even, I'll just break the bank to get plugs. But before you shave, hide, or replace your hair, have you thought about regrowing it? Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. Not just once, but every month. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to roco slash regrow. Do it today, and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash regrow.